You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com. All right. I think my mic is on. Can you all hear me? Probably not. I don't know if it's on or not. Hey, let me invite you guys to find your seats, please. Time is up. We would like to uh, spend some time, spend a little bit of time in the Word today. <coughs> we are doing things a little bit different. Since we have Jeremy and Casey Neely here with us, um, we kind of dreamed and talked and discussed um, just doing things a little bit different, maybe just kind of having a little bit of a conversation together between the four of us. Um, one of the things I want to remind us about is kind of our mission here at the well as we, as we do this, to kind of root us there. Uh, our mission at the well is to, is to be a church that's running a rescue mission within a yard of hell and planting gospel communities that grow disciples to glorify God, right? That's kind of, those are things we want to be doing. By God's grace, that's what we've been doing. When you talk about vision, who we want to become in the future, we want to be a church that is like a family that's being changed by the gospel and sent on mission. Um, and so in all of what I've just said, there's three words. I've given us all sorts of lead into it, right? First word is gospel. One of you, two of you got it. There's three words all together that really define who we are, right? First word is gospel. More than two of you got it. Awesome. And the second word is family. You guys freaking rock. And the third word is yes, we're there. Touchdown. Woohoo. <laughs> it's always like, I mean, whenever we do this, it's always like a slow train, like, chug, chug, choo! I mean, so, uh, so I mean, those, <laughs> I will not do that again. Thankfully, we have people that edit this stuff. Um, I, I bring us back there, though, just to root us. Gospel family mission, those three words we want to define who we are, right? Those are our values. We value the gospel. We believe the gospel changes lives. We value families. What are you doing? Trying to... Oh, she scared the heck out of me. I thought she was coming no, to like on. throw us out or something. It needs to be on. It needs to be on. It needs to be green. So gospel, right? We believe the gospel changes and transforms lives. We want to see families changed and transformed and strengthened in the gospel and then sent on mission. Those are our values. And really, this makes a good connection between the well and who Neely is. The first time I met Neely, and I know they'll probably share some more, Jeremy called me on the phone, and he's basically like, bro, want to come and find any way that we can to serve you guys, and uh, um, we're not asking for a certain amount when we come. We're just going to trust that Jesus is going to provide for us, and that was like eight years ago. And from that point forward, we've enjoyed doing some ministry together every year. And, uh, and so with our mission... And kind of with our relationship with them, we thought it would be cool just to sit up front, kind of have a bit of a roundtable conversation and talk about uh, three or four things specifically, uh, life, like our personal lives and what it looks like to follow Jesus, and, uh, and then marriage and family and what that's looked like for us uh, in ministry together as well as then uh, ministry, what's ministry kind of look like for us. And I think part of the hope here is to help the rest of you guys understand that and there, there's nothing special or different about us other than the fact that um, we get the pressure of being in the limelight. Um, 
each week. Um, yet, underneath all of that, we're very ordinary people. Um, these guys travel the world and, um, and sing songs in front of thousands. And uh, Christy and I serve people in our community, have been doing so for 10 years. Um, but really, underneath all that, we're no different than you guys. And the hope is that what we say today would just encourage you guys to continue following Jesus well in your personal lives, um, continue serving him in your marriage, in your family, as well as serving God on mission somewhere through the local church, right? And so, uh, so with that bit of an intro um, done, we thought it'd be really cool to let the ladies lead lots this morning. Um, Jeremy and I... I don't know if the ladies <laughs> think that's such a great idea. <laughs> Jeremy and I are just like, here we go, baby. <laughs> Christy and I are like, ah. <laughs> You know, it's, it's something that uh, um, I know girls don't get to do very often. And we, man, I know that we, we love you both a whole bunch and value the way that you speak into our lives and um, the way that God's placed you um, in our lives. And it's Mother's Day. And so I think uh, it just so they feels. They want to torture us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it just feels right. So, um, so I, you guys want to rock, paper, scissors, shoot? I think I had Casey going first. But you can rock, paper, scissors, shoot if you want for who's going first. No? I'll go first. Yeah, yeah. just talk, talk <laughs> to us a little you. bit. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, so first of all, we are uh, just kind of sharing a little bit about our background. And the way I understood it is I'm kind of sharing Jeremy and I's together. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, or do you want me to just share mine? You just, you just talk away however the Holy Spirit leads you. You're good. Okay. Um, well, I'll just kind of share um, how we began following Jesus. And I mean, it's almost like, how do you fit, fit all that in um, without kind of going uh, back a little bit? Because how we met each other comes before how we began <laughs> following <laughs> Jesus, I guess. But we were both raised in um, Christian homes, both raised in the church. And um, we did not follow Jesus for a long time, though. So we claimed to be Christians. Uh, for many years growing up, and um, we actually met in college, and we were not walking with the Lord. We were in a pit of, let's just say a, a pit of hell, pit of sin, um, when we met each other, and um, God had a plan for us, and so we were married 22 years ago as of May 5th. But we did meet in college. I was on the dance team at uh, Barton County Community College in Great Bend, Kansas. That's where I was raised in Kansas, not in Great Bend, but in, in, that, in Kansas. Jeremy was raised in Missouri and had kind of run away from his problems in Missouri to Kansas. And that's where we met. He, he was on the cheer squad. I was on the dance team. And um, we just we began hanging out. <laughs> I just I can't help it. Wow. You were on the cheer squad. Cheer squad. He was. Hey. He was. How, I was surrounded by the best looking girls in the school constantly. Intelligence. <laughs> and they were paying me to do it. All right, all right, all right. So um, he, he always talks about how he thought I was stuck up. And, but literally, I... I'm, I'm an introvert, <laughs> and so I just, he was being annoying, and I thought he was weird, and so I just avoided him. <laughs> I was, in her defense, I was peacocking a lot that day. 
<laughs> so um, it wasn't until, you know, months after that that we actually started hanging out because my really good friend and his really good friend, I, we had connections within our friends, so that's how we started hanging out. Um, so back to where I was. Um, so it wasn't until four years after we were married and our life was going down the drain and our marriage was going down the drain um, because of our past choices and past relationships with other people that um, we finally met Jesus. And, um, I mean, we knew, we knew a lot about him. We knew um, a lot about him, but we didn't know him. And that, that's a huge difference. And so we surrendered our lives in the summer of 2000. And that's when we both came into a relationship with Jesus um, at that point in time, about 18 years ago. Um, so what does the Neely family look like? Well, <laughs> it's us two, obviously. Um, we have four, four daughters. And our oldest is 21. She is married, and they have a little girl, so we are grandparents. And will be again the end of September, they're expecting again. Um, we have a 19-year-old daughter, and they all live in Nashville. And then we have a 14-year-old daughter, Emma, that's here with us today. She's sitting over there being embarrassed. <laughs> and then we have an 11-year-old daughter, Ella, and she's in kids' church. Um, so that's just kind of who we are as far as hobbies and stuff like that go. I guess just music for Jeremy. Um, me, I homeschool the girls and I have for many years. So I'm just really busy with uh, my kids and now my grandbaby. And um, how our music ministry began and what, what it looks like now. Our music ministry began really back after we were saved. So I would say around 2001, we just kind of started doing um, some worship at our church. Jeremy really actually didn't know that I could sing until like five years after we were married. So that was a little bit of a surprise to him. <laughs> and, um, but we she just said she got her hair cut that day too, and I didn't notice that either. Uh, <laughs> not real observant. Surprised you're still sitting here today. I know, yeah. <laughs> so um, we we did part time um, just music, I guess music ministry. Jeremy started writing um, our music, and we would go mainly on the weekends. We lived in Kansas at the time, and we did that from 2001 up until 2010. And in 2010, we moved our family to Nashville, Tennessee, and. Um, the Lord wanted us to do our ministry full-time. So we, we moved to Nashville, bought a house, and literally had no jobs. It was like, no, you're not going to get a job. You're just going to go um, out on the road. So that's what we did, <clears throat> and that's what we're still doing now, uh, eight years later. Oh, I have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, well, Joe and I met 24 years ago at a place, <laughs> Playmore Ballroom. Um, it was a, 
it's a still going dance on Sunday nights, um, country western, um, where teenagers were able to go and um, dance and have fun. Um, and so Joe and I met there. He um, asked me to dance. I thought he was kind of a dork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> always said he would only be my dance partner. Mm-hmm. God had other plans seven kids later. So sorry for I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Um, so, yeah, um, he asked me if I liked horses. Um, and so that was kind of his my pickup line. Pick because I'm a stallion. Hey, Is that what you said? <laughs> nope, that was not it. No. no. Was, uh, interesting thought, though. He wasn't. <laughs> Part of this was also just putting all of our relationships on display. And here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. You're right, though. Us. That, that was the pickup line. Um, so, yeah, that's where, our, that's where our, our relationship began. Um, we were both just um, teenagers. Um, I was pretty much allowed at home to do whatever I wanted. There weren't really any strict rules. Um, Joe, on the other hand, was um, homeschooled and um, very disciplined in um, his worth ec- ethics and all of that. Um, uh, so yeah, we um, got engaged and got married and um, had Aubrey and Harley. Um, and then, and like, we were not following the Lord at all. Um, I had been in church a couple of times growing up. We were when we were younger. Um, we went to church faithfully, and then all of a sudden it just stopped. Um, and didn't really know why until 15 years ago, um, when my dad started going back to church um, in Lincoln. Um, the pastor of our church in Colorado, when I was younger. Um, got up in front of the congregation and uh, told him that he this was just his job. He was just doing it for the money, and he really didn't believe in the Lord. Um, and this is the guy that baptized my dad. So uh, not having a full understanding of what it really meant to be baptized and uh, having a relationship with the Lord, uh, my dad just withdrew us from the church completely. Um, because he thought, oh my goodness, this is the guy that baptized me. I'm not saved, was I, you know, ever. Um, And then they started going to church in um, Lincoln, and the pastor told him that, you know, it didn't really matter who it was that baptized him. Um, It was a personal relationship between him and the Lord. Um, So that was a a huge change um, for them, but kind of brought light to my eyes. Anyways, um, how I became a follower of Jesus. <laughs> She's so in the moment. It's so funny. It's something I, I Sorry, love guys. And I'm not, a, I'm not an upfront person, so just bear with me. <laughs> Thanks, Aubrey. <laughs> Which leads to her. <laughs> um, you guys pretty much all know um, Joe's side of the story and his lifestyle and our just our horrific sin in our life and um, how he uh, found the Lord um, through his motorcycle accident and all of that. Um, 
Joe started taking the kids to church with him after that point, um, and I still continued in my sinful lifestyle. Um, but as the girls would um, come to my house, they would always ask to have Caleb turned on. Um, and I'd, I'd turn it on for them, um, you know, and they were, you know, constantly like just a reminder that of, you know, Jesus. Um, and I just remember one night, Aubrey was five, um, and um, I was in the bathtub and I had turned on K-Love on my own. Um, and the song, When You Call on Jesus, came on the radio and I just fell apart. Um, and so I came out of the bathroom and had tears rolling and um, Aubrey saw me and asked what was wrong. And I just kind of explained a little bit of what had happened, and she's like, Mom, can I pray for you to ask Jesus into your heart? <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> <coughs> um, so it just shows me that it doesn't matter what age you are, you make a huge impact for the Lord. So, I love you, Aubrey. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, this isn't <laughs> Um. So yeah, so that's how I began following the Lord and him just slowly changing my lifestyle. And um, so, yeah. Um, what does the Marino family look like? <laughs> well, they are beautiful, but <laughs> they look more like you. Even Lewis. <laughs> Um, so it's Joe, Joe and I and our seven children, we have six girls and one boy. Um, my husband thought we were on a roll um, after having our boy, so we tried again. I knew what role we were on, and we had another girl. Um, <laughs> um, I think our, I would say our favorite family, um, like, memories, um, is probably the time at the lake. That's, mm. I think we just are able to just unwind and, um, you know, the kids, like, we told them we may not go this year and they, like, freaked out on us because um, that's, like, their favorite time just to have fun um, and, yeah, yeah, be ourselves and unwind. Yeah, cleaning kids off of the uh, <coughs> tube, tube that's behind fun. the boat, that's always... Yeah. So some some of our kids refuse to even ride the tube anymore. <laughs> being thrown off. Right. I'm never driving. <laughs> he is. Um, what has ministry looked like for our family, and what does it look like now? Um, you know, I wrote down. Ministry has been like a journey up a mountain. Um, I'm from Colorado. That's my favorite place on earth. And just the canyons. Um, but the twists and the turns, um, you know, the uphill climb, and then you get a downhill section that you kind of just get to breathe. Um, but then it's, it's right back up that hill with the, the twists um, and the turns. So 
it's been um, it's been long. It's been good. Um, it's been trying. Um, we have definitely um, the Lord has grown us to totally trust in Him to provide for us. Um, and I mean, like when we moved to Hastings, we had no clue where we were going. Um, and that, so, um, so yeah, but, um, God still allows those downtimes, you know, those slopes to, to breathe and, um, be refreshed in the Lord and just keep, um, keep pushing, um, just to do his will, um, and what he's designed us and called us to do. Thanks for sharing that, girls. I think we were going to try to move maybe into uh, talking a little bit about our like our personal relationship with Jesus right now and what that looks like. You don't have to feel like you have to answer every question that's on the sheet I handed out to you. It's just a way to get the wheels spin a little bit, maybe grease the wheels a little bit. But I just talk a little bit about our personal relationship with Jesus and where we're at, like the season we're in. And if that kind of mingles over into marriage and family a little bit and, and ministry, I think that's totally appropriate. Because all these things you find that you can't you can't separate everything so neatly. There's so much overflow there. Um, and so let's just talk about that for a while together and maybe kick it over to Casey and then back to Christy and then you and I can arm wrestle for who gets to talk from the guys. Right? Okay. <laughs> um <clears throat> Uh, right now, I am kind of in a season. Uh, I've been studying the book of James for a few months. And um, so I would say I, I'm, I'm somewhat in, in a tough season just for some of the things that um, is ministry. I think it's within myself, but... It involves our ministry and our marriage and everything. Just like Joe said, it's hard to separate that. To me, I, I really can't. Um, so it, I'm somewhat in a, a hard season, a tough season. And uh, so the book of James has been amazing to go through. And um, it's opened my eyes to a lot of things. So just... Uh, the Lord's just really been teaching me through a lot of things and growing me and uh, stretching me. I'm sure you all know kind of what that looks like. Um, and I think that happens in the tough seasons. Um, and there's a purpose in it. Even though it may not be fun, uh, there's definitely a, a purpose in it. So I just... I, I brought the, a verse up on my phone because I thought it was appropriate. I shared a little bit in a GC group the other night about the, what the Lord is teaching me, and it, it's perseverance because in those tough times, a lot of times you want to give up, and you don't want to deal with um, things that need to be dealt with. And um, But there's a reason for it, like I said. So this is... This is James 1, verse 2 is where I'm going to start. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And the tough times is the, the trials. 
That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And that's why the Lord is teaching me perseverance is because of those trials. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive. So um, those are just some of the, the difficult areas, the trials. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to go into death. That could take a while. <laughs> um, but the Lord's the word has really encouraged me. God's word has truly encouraged me. I, I really um, encourage you all to read through the book of James. It's a short book. It's only five chapters, but it is, there is so much meat in there. So much stuff in there. Um, so I don't know if I move it on to Christy. Um, for me personally, I, I kind of fall in the same um, area as Casey. Um, but for me, it was the story of Joseph. Um, that I've, I've kind of been um, rereading um, for a while. And um, just the, the trials, you know, the arrogance he had when he was younger, but then the trials um, that he went through um, for 13 years. Um, he went through, um, you know, being sold into slavery and, uh, being in jail, and uh, so God, just the process um, that really related to me is that, you know, God took Joseph uh, from this immature, um, uh, arrogant uh, man and took him through all these trials and all these triumphs for 13 years to put him in the palace um, and just, um, you know, the Lord just working in me of like where I was um, before I met the Lord and um, just that, that pit of sin that I was in and to see now, like it, it was bad and horrific going through that process. Um, <laughs> But to now see it on the other side um, is is a blessing. Um, doesn't mean that you know I don't still struggle with um, like some of the stuff in my past that it doesn't keep coming back up, but it does give me hope that um, you know that God is right by my side, and um, even when I can't see it or feel it, He is taking me down that narrow path um, and that he won't let me stray too far um, from that. So. Well, so, so I kind of alluded um, during worship that, that I, I, tried to, I tried my darndest to die in August 
and the Lord wouldn't wouldn't let me. And uh, so what happened? I was uh, I was uh, I had a blowout, so to speak. Um, I popped a popped a tube in my intestines there, and I uh, had food and junk go swimming around in my body, and and uh, started to go septic. And uh, and during that time in the hospital, uh, I saw things. Now, because it, I know it was the morphine, but I've been around drugs enough because I'm a former uh, addict that um, I know that somewhere in that high that that veil is kind of torn down between this realm and the next. And um, so I tell you, I know that I saw silly stuff because I even shared with Casey. I had a little uh, brown pug named Karen that would have delightful conversations with me throughout the day. Um, but what would be, Karen would come and go, you know. Um, but what was constantly there was um, was this blood red, the most evil blood red viper that I could ever. Um, if you could just paint that image in your mind, and it was always there, just poised to strike. And I knew who it was, and I knew he was there for me. And um, and there was just this overwhelming sense of of evil surrounding it and so uh as i'm sitting there you know because i'm i'm just a dumb redneck and um and i was not supposed to be in that hospital and uh, i kept saying where's my boots i want my boots i got to get out of here you know i've got i've got ministry to do i've got places to be people to see i need to get out of here and they're like sir you're you're not well I need my boots. I got to go. I got to get on. And then some nurse had a sit down, you know, come to Jesus meeting with me. And she's like, uh, you realize like you're going to be lucky to get out of here alive. And I'm like, so maybe tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just, you know, just that stubborn redneck attitude. And um, but it was because I, I my sight was not on the Lord but my sight had become the ministry. Instead of worshiping the one that has allowed me to do this ministry, I've been, I slowly uh, began holding on to the ministry itself. And so uh, I'll never forget when that viper went away because it was a moment that I just let go of it all. I let go of the ministry. I let go of everything and just said it's it's kind of like the the lord's prayer it's like um, your kingdom come your will be done and uh and once that happened i saw from from the backside i saw the lord on his throne and and he was sitting on the edge of his throne which was was um that cut to my heart because, you know, we, we sing songs like Good, Good Father, and we talk about that, and we talk about how much God loves us. But, um, but I think every one of you can identify with me on this, is that we don't really fully trust and believe that. And, um, and so when I saw the creator of heaven and earth sitting on the edge of his throne expectantly, knowing that it was for me, that broke me quite a bit. And when I let go, he stood up and stepped off 
And when he stepped off, he just went down, and that's immediately the holy his holy spirit just washed over me in a physical way that i just i bawled like a i bawled like a baby for 30 minutes and the nurses would come by and they'd be like are you all right sir do you need more morphine i'm like no i've had enough <laughs> but but i'm doing good actually um and i just had the most uh beautiful peaceful time of of worship that i that i think i've ever had in my walk and uh but then, conversely, I get, out, I get out of the hospital, and I, I have this time with the Lord, and I'm healing, and he's taken so many desires away from me, and then, um, then awakens in me um, just some junk. And a couple months later, I find myself just right back where I was at before, just a, a complete knucklehead. And... Um, and so really where the Lord has me right now is dealing with um, with a lot of the anger and the hurt from Casey and my past and how I have allowed that to manifest in my life, um, which specifically is um, is through sexual sin and um, and realizing that that I do not have a view of sex that is aligned with what, how God created sex. And, um, and I want to I be healed from that. And so that's where I've been walking in that, in that sense because, um, and, and I, would, I would almost say that probably most Americans are right there in that space, but I can't control other Americans. I can control Jeremy Neely. And that's where God has convicted me that... Uh, he wants to start realigning right now that area, but I can tell you there's probably uh, at least a dozen more that I could spew off right now that, <laughs> that he wants to realign with how he created, created us to be. Mm. Encouraging, man. Thanks for, thanks for being so transparent in that. Um, where I've been spiritually uh, recently, probably in this most recent season, um, <clears throat> And I, one of the things that I do is I, I love to read the Psalms, and so a Psalm a week is still part of my uh, my routine. But I, I will be just kind of gut level honest. I've I struggled the last three to four weeks uh, with some really horrific nightmares. Uh, some of you know about that, and some of you um, asked. And um, like, there's not anything in my life that is going really bad right now. Just some really horrific nightmares, and um, it's taxed my sleep. Um, it's placed images in my head that I cannot get released from, and so it means that I'm up for hours. It's not a sleeping medication issue. It, it literally is just some really bad nightmares, and I, I won't describe, I won't go into detail, but they're just, they're horrible. And, uh, and then what happens is throughout my day as I minister and as I serve and as I work, and as I serve my family, my energy levels are dropping lower and lower and lower, and my ability to, uh, to think straight. And so... This has been going on for, like I said, just about three or four weeks. I'm starting to lose track of the timeline. I think I told Patrick last week that it had been three weeks, so it's probably been closer to four. I've had a few nights of reprieve, and my and Chrissy and I have talked about this quite a bit lately. Um, I'm just trying to find some ways to figure out what the heck is going on. And this morning as we were standing on the front porch, um, um, you know, I, I know Christy said to me, she goes, I'd just like to know what it is. Like, is this, is it, I mean, is this just Satan um, attacking is this past um, sins in our life and 
of our past story that's um, coming back and kind of haunting me? And is, is it just a sheer weight of pastoral ministry and knowing people's stories? I don't really know. But this much I can tell you, if this is what it takes for the Lord to get my attention and to continue to get it, then he can do whatever he wants. And I, that's kind of where I've come to rest in the last couple of weeks. Um, and uh, I, I've been looking at this psalm um, all week, um, and partly, partly because of the, the turmoil in that. Um, and it's Psalm 119. It's one of my favorite psalms of all time. But uh, David says in verse 165, he says, Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. And I, I need the peace of the Lord. But I don't oftentimes think of the law of the Lord as something that I would love, but something that I'd want to rebel against. But the reality about God's law is that he put it there to keep me safe and to help me to love him back. And I want to love the Lord with all of my heart, mind, soul, strength. I want to love my wife well. And I'm in the same boat as Jeremy at, in different seasons too. One of my lifelong struggles and sin is sexual sin and lust. And I don't want to see my wife as an object. I don't want to see my wife as someone who's been placed in my life to love and to sacrifice for. And so um, I know that many of us men in the room can share some of that same journey. And uh, I want to love well. So, um, great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. And uh, I think that's just kind of been, it's been my prayer. Lord, help me not to stumble. And uh, help me to love you and to love your law well. And please give me great peace. And he's been faithful and kind in little moments. Sometimes I think we, we think about God answering our prayers and we think about him answering them in these big, gigantic ways. But just reading a book this week and reading it this week about Charles Spurgeon. And there's a chapter in there that talks about the moments of peace. Um, these moments of peace are so much better than long seasons of peace because those moments are so much sweeter then. And uh, I like to think of my relationship with my wife the same way, that we have this moment on earth, um, and yet we have eternity too. And uh, this moment is probably going to make eternity really, really sweet. So um, that's kind of where I've been personally in my relationship. We're way out of time, so I know that we had a whole bunch of other stuff. This is typically the way it goes. When Joe rolls, and so it's usually way too much stuff, so you cut and edit. So I just kind of want to wrap up with... These, you had these two. They just got long-winded. <laughs> they did. <laughs> like, it's awesome. Like, they should, I know. they should do this. We should go sit down. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's next time, time for y'all come. to pull the load. Yes. Next time y'all come, this is you two. Um, but uh, I, I think maybe a good way to wrap it up, because I, I, you know, I know you girls might have written down some other things. One of the questions was something, if there's anything you'd like to maybe challenge our church family with, or encourage them with. I mean, if there's something else that the Lord's laying on your heart right now in this moment, we got about five minutes left for all, um, at least for these two. Um, I say just kind of let these two take it, and then we can close in prayer. Yeah, what do you think? That's, that sound good to you girls? Yeah, all right. So anything the Lord might lay on your heart, we'll take about five minutes and do that, and then we'll pray. Um, I'm going to go back to James just because that when you're in a book studying through stuff, the Lord just uses it in all aspects of your life. And I was just really challenged as far as faith goes and what am I doing with my faith. And this is where I want to challenge you all as well. Um, 
You know, we claim to know Christ. We claim to know the Creator. And we've been given a gift, the gift of salvation and a treasure. And it talks about this in the Gospels, about the treasure that we have. What are we doing with our treasure? And this is so convicting to me as well. Because I know Jeremy and I, we go out and we minister and we share our stories and stuff like that. But what about when we're home, you know? Because we spend a lot of time on the road, but yet we do have seasons of time when we're at home. What am I doing with my faith? What am I doing within my home with my faith? And I think that's um, one of the most important things. But just as far as being an example to our kids, um, being an example to our granddaughter, um, just stuff like that. But I just want to challenge you just to ask yourself that question. What am I doing with the treasure, with my faith that I have within me um, on a day-to-day basis? Um, well, I wrote this, I actually wrote this down during worship. Um, yes, um, I'm just going to read it because, yeah. Um, it says, while the pleasures of this world seem so sweet and fulfilling, um, there's nothing more sweet and fulfilling than releasing your lives to God. Um, though it's a tough road and it takes sacrifice, um, of ourselves, um, the overwhelming peace that God gives us is is so powerful um, that it blows the pleasures of this world right out of the water. Um, so if I was to challenge you guys with anything, um, it would be to, to completely surrender your lives um, to the Lord, even though it feels scary um, the presence of the Lord and the freedom that you experience in that, that he gives you, is so satisfying. That is the only thing that will ever satisfy you in this life. Um, so, like, I don't know, completely surrendering um, is just, it's, it's an unfathomable thing um, to think about. Uh, because there's so many areas in your life that you don't want to release. Um, and that I've just, uh, I've been dealing with myself, just releasing those, laying them at the feet, because that's a weight we weren't, we weren't meant to carry. Um, our shoulders are not strong enough, but God's are. Um, so, yeah, I... That would be what I say. Jeremy, I don't know if you got anything you really want to add. Um, you know, we talked about how I see Romans 2 and, and uh, making that um, what Jesus said to the church of Ephesus um, and driving that home, not just as a church, but in our individual relationships and more poignantly um, as husband and wife is um, to remember it just that phrase, remember your first love. You know, because, um, you know, I know a lot of you that are married or, or um, are in a relationship, all of a sudden you start, you start to feel this discord towards your significant other because it's, uh, you know, 
he leaves his underwear on the floor or, you know, she doesn't wash out the sink and her toothpaste slug is, you know, going right down the sink. And, <clears throat> and it's little things like that. And we chuckle about it, but over time, those little things build up into big things. And, and we, we stop, we stop loving one another with that pure love. Like we did when we first met and we first bonded and, and, um, and I think that's one of the things that I would encourage you guys in in your relationships is lay those things down. I mean, who who cares about toothpaste slugs and underwear and burnt toast and just whatever stupid little things that we're letting build in between our relationships? Try to go back to that space and remember what it was like when you first saw her, when you first saw him that gushing, overwhelming love and go back to that space. You know, because as, as believers in Jesus Christ, when we're walking in that space, um, 24, 22 years um, down the road, people, people notice that. People notice that there's a difference there. And that, that is part of the salt and light that Jesus talks about in our lives. Yeah, I think to tag on to that and kind of wrap this up a little bit, I remember before we started planting the well, um, we miss, we listened to a message uh, from a guy named Matt Carter, um, and he preached on um, ministering with a limp. Um, and one of the things that he talked about was a day when he came walking out of the church and his wife was standing at the back of their Suburban, and she said, when we get home, we need to have a talk. And he goes, man, I knew I was in trouble. And uh, he got home, his wife basically looked at him and said, the only reason I'm married to you is because I love Jesus. And um, he then went into a, a, a long story of how he had made ministry his idol, made ministry his first love. Jesus had stopped being his first love. Therefore, he stopped loving the church well, and he stopped loving his wife well. And the, the, the central message of that Revelation 2 passage is that when we lose our first love we've lost our love for jesus it is out of that that you and i are enabled to love our wives well love the people that we serve well and our families well and this this woman <laughs> this this man's wife just laid it down and called him out and uh put him in line and he said from that point forward he began to, to work hard to love his wife and one of the simplest things for them Real practical was just that for a long time he wasn't able to help her carry the kids out to the car at the end of church service because he was so busy ministering to people. And from that point forward, he found a deacon that was able to do that so that he could walk away from the pulpit and walk his wife and their kids out to the car. Something as simple as that that uh, um, was his way of being able to express his love for his wife. And, uh, and so whether you're married or whether you're not married, whether you're going to be single the rest of your life or not, I think some of the central message of what we're talking about is find your hope in Christ and find how much he loves you. And in fact, that leads us into our closing. We always close with communion. And the greatest way that Christ showed his love for us was his work at the cross. He shed his blood, body was broken, torn in two uh, on behalf of you and I. That penalty that he paid was really your penalty, my penalty. Um, I think it's beyond our imagination sometimes, but it's true. We deserve that. Um, what we were entitled to was death on a cross, but Jesus took that. 
Now that's the model that we have for our marriages and our relationships is that we sacrifice for one another and that we strive to love one another in the same way that Jesus loves us, right? And so as we, um, as we kind of pray our way into communion um, and as we get ready to come and take communion together, I just want you to be thinking about what Christ did for you at the cross. And here's the thing, if you're here and you're not a believer, this is a great opportunity for you to trust in him, to recognize your sin and your rebellion, just like everybody else in the room. You can recognize that and you come to a place where you can say, I can't save myself, and you can trust in Christ to save you. That's why he hung on that cross. And that offer of salvation is free. It costs you nothing because it costs God everything. And so you can come and you can trust in Jesus and you can receive communion. When we receive communion, we're remembering the work that Christ did, right? Shed blood, broken body for us. It's a meal that believers eat together in remembrance of what Christ did, that kind of love. And so if you're here and you're not a believer um, and you'd, you'd like to begin following Jesus, uh, there'll be a few of us near the front that would like to pray with you and serve you communion. Um, if you're not in that place yet, you're not really like, I'm not ready to follow Jesus. I'm not ready to trust that yet. That's okay. We would just encourage you not to take the meal because it would just be a real religious activity for you that is meaningless. And we're not into doing meaningless things. We're happy you're here. We love you. Um, we just don't want to pressure you into that. If you're here and you're a believer, then this meal is meant to give you a sense of celebration in remembrance of the way that Christ loved us. And it's also an opportunity to think about the places of our lives where we need to walk in some repentance, right? In the ways that maybe we're not receiving God's love well or the ways that we're not loving each other well. Um, we need to maybe be thinking about that and repenting of that and confessing that as we come and partake in this meal. So I'm just going to pray us out real quick because we're already five minutes way past our time. And, uh, and then I know we'll move back here and close out in worship. So let me start praying. Father, thank you so much for our time together today. Um, and God, thank you for Jeremy and for Casey. And thank you for uh, my wife, Christy, and uh, for your faithfulness in our lives and uh, the way that you have um, brought us to you. And Father, as we close in a time of worship and prayer and communion, God, I pray that you're our spirit would just be sweetly present with us. Um, remind us of your work at the cross. Remind us of how deeply you've loved us. Um, draw us closer to you and help us to love you really, really well. Um, God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com.